This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson. We will be covering the book of Obadiah, the 21 verses inclusive, and the announcement of judgment to Edom is the overall theme. Uh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, Obadiah means servant or worshiper of the Lord. Obadiah provides a brief narrative here in this book describing spiritual warfare that exists between nations and individuals. Obadiah chronicles the struggle between the Edomites and the Israelites. Obadiah parallels Jeremiah's prophecy noted in Jeremiah 49, 7 through 22. Essentially, the message of Obadiah spells out what Lamentations announces, uh, which is the restoration for Zion, but doom for Edom, as it is written in uh, Lamentations 4 and verse 22. The punishment of your iniquity is accomplished, O daughter of Zion. He will no longer send you into captivity. He will punish your iniquity, O daughter of Edom. He will uncover your sins. Esau was progenitor of Edomites and Jacob was progenitor of Israel. Obadiah documents the coming judgment on Edom in verses 1 through 9. Um, note that ethnic pride and self-exaltation is exemplified by Edom's actions and is chronicled by Obadiah. The Edomites should have assisted their brothers. Instead, they were helping the enemies of Israel. God, through his prophet, addresses Edom and Israel. Some driving questions include, does Israel have a future? Will Zion be profane forever? Will Edom and the hostile nations triumph? Again, a general theme here is that sin of pride and self-aggrandizement or focus on only on self, as exemplified by Edom, had previously been addressed by Solomon when he wrote, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. King James. Obadiah called his message a vision. The prophet emphasized the visual nature of his uh, revelation from God. The Edomites, who were the descendants of Esau, were well established in their homeland by the time Israel, led by Joshua, came to Canaan. Note that in Genesis 36 and 31. Esau's descendants lived to Israel's south and east. During the time of Solomon, Israel and Edom were allies, 1 Kings 9 and 26. But for the most part, they warred against one another, 2 Samuel 8 and verse 14. The Edomites were one of the small kingdoms that tormented Israel, allies at times with people who wore God's name, but enemies perpetually. They were to be held accountable for refusing to help their brethren from Judah during times of crisis. They first refused to help the Israelites 
when the latter requested safe passage through Edom during the wilderness wandering period. On that occasion, Moses appealed to the king of Edom on the basis of hardship and requested, please let us pass through your country. We will not through fields or vineyards, nor will we drink water from wells. We will go along the king's highway. We will not turn aside to the right hand or to the left until we have passed through your territory. Numbers 20, verse 17. Let us note the vision in verses 1 through 9. Verse 1, this is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. Here we have a twofold heading, vision and God's pronouncements. The future was revealed to Obadiah. Concerning Edom, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Is there no longer wisdom in Teman? Has the counsel perished from the prudent? Has their wisdom decayed? Note, that's in Jeremiah 49 and verse 7 in the NIV. And we'll be using the NIV today. Verse 2 in Obadiah. I will make you small. In other words, I will, God will, cut Edom down to size. God calls for other nations to hold Edom in contempt. Edom demonstrates a type of wickedness. The contrast here between the size of the nation and their pridefulness is demonstrative of their haughty attitude, yet they're small in uh, volume and size. They are a small nation with a haughty spirit. As the Israelites sojourned from Egypt toward Canaan, they requested safe passage, as was noted in Numbers 20, verses 14 through 17, and they were denied that. The Israelites had asked, let us pass. Verse 3 in Obadiah notes, the pride of your heart has deceived you, made you small in your understanding, in other words. Pridefulness makes one small or less able to understand. Verse 4. Though you soar, though you soar, I will bring you down, God says. Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down. The metaphor of an eagle and the, and the hyperbole exaggerated comparison of the stars designated when applied to Edom a false sense of security. Note in Matthew 10 and verse 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Israel and Edom shared a common ancestry and a connected genealogy. Genealogy in historical narratives in the Bible, individuals and nations are spoke of interchangeably. Note Genesis 25, 
uh, verses 20 through 30, but specifically on verse 23 here. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. And then Genesis 32 and verse 3, Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau. Nations and individuals are uh, spoke of interchangeably. Let us notice verse 5 in Obadiah. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? Would they not leave a few grapes? Edom is unwilling to share the wealth of the harvest. What about us? Here, Edom demonstrates their covetousness and insensitivity to the needs of others. Verse 6. But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged. The King James reads, How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up. Here we have a blending of past, present, and future. And this notes the remedy of destruction for disobedience. God's immutable presence is steadfast then, now, and forever. God's wrath is visited on the abusers, the gangsters, the super-rationalists who covet temporal wealth at the expense of others. God can easily lay low those who magnify and exalt themselves. Note verse 7. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Your friends will deceive and overpower you your allies in world affairs only remain your friends as long as it is in their self-interest. Let's finish verse 7. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. Verse 8. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom? men of understanding in the mountains of Esau, in that day, in that day. This is a foreshadowing of the day of the Lord. God set aside a day for their punishment. Verse 9. Your warriors, O Tenem, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Everyone in Esau's mountain will be cut down. The haughty attitude of the Edomites belies the location and size of Edom as noted above. In relation to God, attitude matters. Verses 10 through 16, we have accusation and warning. The fact that Edom mistreated his brother. 
Uh, here we have a rebuke of Edom's hostile actions in verse 10. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. Because of the violence, you did violence against your brother. Enemies will be put to shame because of their enmity against God's people. Verse 11, on that day again, you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth. Verse 12, you should not look down on your brother in the day of his misfortune. Do not be happy when others are harmed. Therefore, note Galatians 6 and verse 10 in the NIV. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. As followers of Christ, we are to do more than just look away or look down. We are to lift up. We are to do good, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Notice verse 13. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor look down on them in their calamity in the day of their distress. Do not look down on others when they're suffering. Rather than exploiting and profiting from the poor, both in spirit and or material wealth, God's people are to care for those who are in need. The Apostle Paul, Apostle John, put it simply in 1 John 3 and 17. 1 John 3 and 17. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Verse 14, you should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of trouble, in the day of their trouble, in the day of trouble that others have. We are not to stand in the way of those who are fleeing or resisting trouble. We are to aid those seeking shelter from the storms of life. Verse 15, again, the day of the Lord is near. This continual refrain to be alert, to be aware. All nations are, all individuals are, and will be held accountable. There should be an expectancy in the heart of mind of all. The wrath of God is real. Note Amos 6 and verse 12 in the NIV, but you have turned justice into poison. And Hebrews 10 and verse 30, the Lord will judge his people. And Romans 12 and 19, it is mine to avenge. God's justice is strict and demands accountability. It is consequential and proportionate corresponding to the misdeeds of individuals and nations. 
Describing this day of the Lord, the apostle Peter wrote, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned. 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. Notice verse 16 in Obadiah again. Just as you drank on my holy hill, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink and be as if they had never been. Be as if they had never been. Those who lack empathetic love, those who have turned away from God's grace, will drink and drink and drink the cup of bitterness. Obadiah, servant of Yahweh, tells of God's judgment against Edom and other ungodly nations. It's a warning. Notice Ezekiel 25 and verse 12. God was greatly offended. I will also stretch out my hand against Edom. The betrayal of Judah by Edom demonstrated an aggravated lack of brotherhood. As spiritual brothers, we have a responsibility toward one another. As children of God, this is our obligation. We are to stand with one another, Paul tells us in Ephesians. This is a command, not a request. Special care to provide and keep from harm is placed on all godly relationships. Edom is but one special instance of the universal truth told so powerfully in Isaiah, Isaiah 2 and verse 11 through 12 in the New King James. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall bow down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything, proud and lofty, upon everything, lifted up, and it shall be brought low. And again is addressed by Luke, for, so, for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Luke 14 and verse 11. The arrogance and self-sufficiency of the Edomites led to their demise. Notice Amos 1 and 6. For the three transgressions of Edom, I will not turn away its punishment. Rather than acting compassionately and helping the Israelites, they, the Edomites, rejoiced in their difficulties. Rather than humbling themselves and serving God, they pridefully believed they were secure of their own efforts. Much of us, much of the time, and all of us, some of the time, put disproportionate confidence in our own ability to solve the problems of life by ourselves rather than waiting on the Lord. Our strength will eventually fail. We are weak vessels and need God in our lives for the assurance necessary to overcome. Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now in Obadiah 
17 through 21, we find Israel's final triumph and the promise of restoration. Ezekiel and Amos precede Obadiah and paint a picture of what will happen in a new act of salvation where all who humble themselves and call upon him will be delivered. Amos 9 verses 11 through 15. God would raise up the house of David and all the nations that call on my name. Obadiah provides an expansion on covenantal promises. Zion will be repopulated with remnants of the faithful. Reunited Israel will experience God's deliverance, verses 16 and 17. Possess the promised land and defeat the rule of Edom, verses 17 through 21. Notice in verse 17, on Mount Zion will be deliverance. On Mount Zion and only on Mount Zion is safety. Judgment on God's enemies and blessings on God's people are promised. However, there will be total devastation visited on those who presumptively deny God. There will be no survivors. Verse 21. The kingdom will be the Lord's. Deliverers, again, verse 21. Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's in the future. Yahweh will manifest his kingly rule. God's promise to his Old Testament people of a kingdom that would never fail are fulfilled in the kingdom of God, which exists in the church of Christ, the one church. This was what Jesus, our Savior, proclaimed when he declared, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark 1, verse 15. This lesson is yours. I pray that something has been said that is both uplifting and edifying. Let us go to God, our Heavenly Father, in prayerful supplication. Father God, we humbly approach your throne of grace with due reverence and awe, recognizing your omnipotence, your power, your totality. You are God all by yourself. You are the creator and we are your handiwork. You have created us and not we ourselves. What an extraordinary awareness it is to have the opportunity through your revealed and inspired word to be able to seek your wisdom. We are thankful constantly for your long suffering, your everlasting love, your commitment to us as your children. We pray for the sick, for the shut-in, those who remain in mourning. Father God, give them and give us all the things we need this day. Build us up, Father, where we're torn down. Sustain us. Help us through the storms of life, Father. We thank you for your sacrifice of your only begotten Son on that old rugged cross. We thank you for the blood he shed to wash away the sins of mankind and continues to to do so today. Help us to recognize the awesome gift that you have offered to those willing to receive it in, in faithful recognition. 
We seek that day when we are able to hear, well done, and enter into your presence forever. These and all other blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, church, let us rejoice together, grieve together, praise God, give God all the glory. Be kind to one another. Stay safe. Bye for now.